You know, I'm going to give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> Stop laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty-ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today I am pleased to introduce you to David Tell's Skanks for the Memories. Uh, David Tell's album from 2003, very popular. We'll get into it. But first, let me tell you to go to blindmike.net. If you like these episodes, if you want to support the show, if you want to get Why You Laughing a week early, uh, if you want to get all the other stuff we do on the Patreon, then go to blindmike.net or you can just find the free links to the show there. Uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and you can support the show that way with five-star reviews, subscribing, and uh, all that stuff that uh, every podcast tells you to do that they say works for some reason. So uh, blindmike.net for all of that. And uh, I'll start this week. We never do this, and we should more often, because God knows, I'm sure I always miss stuff. But um, we did Robert Schimmel last week. And someone, I believe from, uh, I think it was the Po' Boys podcast, tweeted us um, with a little fun fact that we missed. Remember we said we were talking about Robert Schimmel and uh, his da- he brought his daughter on, Howard Stern, for that wild story that they went through? Yeah, yeah. And we were, I think you pointed out, Craig, that um, his daughter had natural broadcasting chops. She was good on the mic. Mm-hmm. Do you know who she's married to? Jessica Schimmel. I do not. <laughs> it would be a, a podcasting legend, Mr. Joe Rogan. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> really? Rogan married Bob Schimmel's daughter. I guess Rogan was a Schimmel fan and would hang around his shows and shit like that. And they've been together since 2001. Um, and I have always kind of wondered with all the, you know, the controversy around Rogan and everything. He very rarely mentions his wife. I think he just keeps his private life private. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have wondered with that stuff. I was like, "Ah, I wonder, you know, you always wonder um, like, ah, how would his wife act when he's the center of attention and people are calling him, uh, you know, all these horrible things online. People are leaving Spotify and all this nonsense. And uh, evidently she's stuck with him so long because she's that, that goddamn nuts daughter. So I had no idea. I, yeah, very weird tie in. I don't, uh, I always, I'm not going to say it in mind. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, I thought Joe Rogan's wife was uh, of African-American descent. You may be thinking of Bill Burr. I'm not sure. Mm, no, I know that. Or maybe one of yeah. his, maybe his stepdaughter. I don't, I don't know. No idea, but <laughs> ignore me. Well, we'll get to that next week when someone corrects us, I'm sure. But yeah, if you guys ever, uh, that's always good. Feel free to send us anything we missed or anything we get wrong, and uh, we'll just talk about it on the following episode, because um, I thought that was very interesting. But today, we are talking about um, something that Craig has lobbied for in the past. I think one of the, in one of the first couple episodes, Craig said we should do this, uh, and other people have asked for it since. Um, I'm, I've been hesitant to, we've only done this type of episode twice. Um, in the f- very first episode we did, we talked about Andrew Dice Clay's The Day the Laughter Died. And then I didn't want to do another album or special review because I was worried if it wasn't something so weird as The Day the Laughter Died, then it might just be us wa- watching a special and going, ah, that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I had those same fears when we did Eddie Murphy Delirious and that turned out pretty well. So I figured let's give another one a shot with David Tell's Skanks for the Memories. Um, Attell is widely considered, I guess when you're widely considered the most underrated guy in comedy, you're not really the most underrated. True. Well, it's by, the, it's I, by the comics, though, not necessarily the fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's another guy where you hear the term comics comic all the time, which uh, Colin Quinn says just means an unsuccessful comic. <laughs> but Attell <laughs> uh, uh, is basically a guy that, yeah, if you're a comedian or, you know, a diehard stand-up fan and, uh, you know, really, really, I guess, pay attention or you remember Insomniac from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. then you like David Tell and you're a fan of his. But he doesn't really have mainstream success. I guess the closest he got, um, Insomniac was pretty popular when it was on. 
but I guess the closest he got to like quote mainstream success, I would say is maybe that bumping mics thing with Jeff Ross. Yeah. Which is maybe the worst thing he's ever done. Um, I found it kind of fun. I just don't, I'm not a big Jeff Ross fan in general. Yeah. I don't like the, um, the bumping mics part of it. Maybe if there was like a two man show, they somehow did, but like the fact that they have to burn someone, they more or less give each other knuckles after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't think David tells necessarily a roaster as we'll go through with this, um, uh, album that he recorded, uh, audio only, not a special, but an album. Um, that was recorded in Denver, Colorado, which everyone says, I guess, is a great comedy town. I always hear about the Denver Comedy Works yeah. as one of the best clubs in the country. Um, but uh, I guess let's just get into it. So we start right away. There's no uh, no frills on it. Attell just comes out and starts telling jokes. Um, so let's get to the first clip here. What do we got? I was going to say, though, this this special, if you go back and listen, I'd say it holds up like 89% of it. And the, the rest of it is like a sign of the times, which we'll hear probably in this clip. Oh, you think so? That's interesting. I don't know that I even got that when I was re-listening. So that'll be interesting when we get there. Well, there's there's one clip that we had that. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, there's one part that we didn't have clipped. It's when he, mm-hmm. he goes, I look like Andre Agassi with a drinking problem. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. But you know what? I think that. He says that right when he comes out. Right. And I didn't clip that just because I didn't think of it as. Uh, aging poorly at all, just because I think that's such a spot on. He does look like Andre. Agassi. No, no, no. It is spot on, but I'm saying like it's a sign of the times. Like of Andre Agassi is the guy you're saying. No True. one, no one now is. Everyone's gonna be like, who the hell's that? True. <laughs> all right, let's get to these clips. Uh, this one's called "Girls Gone Wild." Oh, oh, well, this I guess is also a sign of the times because yeah. now if you're a kid listening to this, you'd be like, "What the hell is Girls Gone Wild?" But <laughs> the best. Uh, I think this is such a brilliant. This is what David Tell is great at. He's great at a few different things. Um, and I think mainly incorporating subjects that everyone has thought of, but in a way you wouldn't have thought. I mean, I guess that's a lot of stand-ups in general, but Attell does it in such a unique way. Oh, yeah. Where, well, and we'll probably talk about this a lot as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who have imitated, imitated Attell in terms of oh, yeah. cadence. And speech pattern, Mm -hmm. but there's no one, much like Norm MacDonald, there's no one that you could look at their subject matter and be like, oh, this guy's ripping off a tell. Oh, yeah. Like he's very unique in that way. Yeah. And uh, the the other thing that he does that I love is he kind of will go in and out of being like Stephen Wright or Mitch Hedberg with his one-liners, but he says it in... Because the two of them kind of have the same cadence and stuff. Yes. He's got his own cadence, but the same kind of joke structure. In some yeah. parts. And there's uh, his segues are another great thing, which we'll hear a lot of. <laughs> the <but> best. Let's, <laughs> let's hear, let's hear uh, his thoughts on Girls Gone Wild. There's some problems in this country. You know what I'm talking about. Even as we're all sitting here, somewhere out there somewhere, girls are going wild. <laughs> Have you seen that tape? I like to play it backwards because then it looks like the girls have learned their lesson. (laughs) Being a drunk tramp isn't for me. (laughs) Miss, give it a chance. I just got up here. For you listening at home, there's people already leaving. I can't believe it. I didn't know you were in Girls Gone Wild. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) First of all, uh, such a, a beautifully unique way to think of Girls Gone Wild. Just watch it backwards. <laughs> but, but there's also a thing you hear in there that um, I think it adds to why a lot of people like David Tell and what makes him have such weird material. But there's probably also an element of it that has hindered his career. And it's kind of like we talked about with Robert Schimmel, where Attell doesn't have a lot of self-confidence and you'll hear him like there, someone's walking out early. So he like, obviously he's going to address it, but you'll also hear him throughout the special or the uh, album reference, like bombing. And it's like, dude, you're killing. (laughs) What are you talking about? If you watch the whole or listen to the whole thing, which you should, it's on YouTube. Go listen to the whole thing. It is one of the loudest rooms you'll ever hear. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's crushing. And that that's a thing that um, a lot of people can't really appreciate about comedy. Like that's why you should go to live comedy because mm-hmm. there is an element of just the energy is different. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? So you're going to laugh a lot harder 
uh, if you were there, if you're in the room when David Till's performing, as opposed to just listening to his album or watching a special. Oh yeah, because you're you're there with everyone. You're sort of bonding with everyone in a weird way. Like this is funny, right? <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, and you are ready to, you know, you're ready. Like you want to laugh, so it is easier in a weird way, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm looking forward to our uh, Brendan Schaub meetup. See how that actually goes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll laugh our asses off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to go see Brendan Schaub, by the way, folks, we're doing that uh, October 1st. So for sure. uh, feel, feel free to join us. Um, this next joke, stop me if you've heard this one before, uh, is blacking out. Okay, yes. Oh, yeah. So this is, I guess I should set it up. We have played this joke before. Uh, in the jokes in the joke stealing episode things got heated <laughs> when we discussed uh Amy Schumer stealing this joke because Schumer would um open for a tell and perform with a tell a lot uh early on in her career and so uh this joke got compared very often to one that Amy tells but uh I thought it was funny enough to play again <laughs> that's the nicest way to say she completely stole it <laughs> it gets compared to a lot <laughs> it's it's noticeable <laughs> Here's some drinking tips. Never get drunk when you're wearing a hooded sweatshirt. Because you will eventually think there's someone right behind you. Here's something else I've learned drunk. There's no way ever to talk your way out of wiping your ass on someone's pillow. Even if you yell surprise. Own up to it, be a man. You ever black out when you're drinking, or as I call it, time travel? Yeah. You're in a bar, you're drinking, you black out. You wake up, you're in another bar. You're drinking, you black out. You wake up, you're in McDonald's. Working there about three years. Still not assistant manager. You want to quit, but you're banging that girl on the fry later. They say she's retarded, but those titties ain't retarded. Oh. I'm sorry, is that an Eminem tune? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm glad Craig said that early because now it sticks out to me. That's a very funny reference that wouldn't be made now. Obviously, the uh, <laughs> comment about the woman's tits <laughs> wouldn't be made now, probably. But just the idea, like, oh, is this an Eminem tune? Because then when you think about it, you're like, ah, fuck, that is like, uh, that would be an Eminem lyric. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. And like when you're listening to that, there's almost a weird Seinfeldy quality. Like, I don't think you would think of Seinfeld as an influence on David Tell, but it, it, it stuck in my mind when he said um, the joke about the hoodie. You'll eventually think there's someone right behind you. Yeah. That's that's Seinfeldy, not in the way of like, oh, I've always thought that, but couldn't articulate it. It's more like, oh, fuck, he's right. <laughs> like, you never would have thought of that. Mm. So he's almost like Seinfeld with a bizarre, you know, booze bag, degenerate life where he brings up things that you've never thought of. But in the way that he says them, you're like, I perfectly get what he's going for, even though I never would have gotten there. Yeah. That route anyways. And that clip was also a perfect little, you know, uh, preview of the whole album. He gets a laugh yeah. every two seconds and it was that loud for an hour. Yeah, and he gets a l- laughs in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you said, he has he has one-liners. He'll tell stories. He'll be filthy. He'll be kind of innocent in a way. Like, he does have a lot of unique, kind of like we talked about Schimmel. I don't know that you could pin him into one real style necessarily because he kind of fluctuates. Mm. Um, this next clip is called Eggnog. Uh, yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's hear that. <laughs> No, I'm a drinker, man. There's only one drink I don't like. Eggnog. How did they think that up? I want to get a little drunk, but I also want some pancakes. <laughs> Do you know what eggnog really is? You're not going to want to hear it, but I'll tell you. Elf cum. That's what it is. <laughs> you might as well pour it on your back and slap yourself on the ass. <laughs> Like elf cum is not an image that comes to mind, but when he says it, you're like, I, wow, <laughs> that is a brilliant reference. <laughs> so, so there's also the main reason I include through that clip in is uh, what you hear there is cadence when he's like, we're making pancakes. Like the way he says that. Yeah. 
you hear that in so many comics. And I was actually just listening to um, Louis J. Gomez say that, uh, like, if you're listening to Louis's comedy for the first time, you'll hear a lot of, he says, a mix of David Tell, Kurt Metzger, and Big J. But I would also include Kurt Metzger and Big J as very influenced by D- David Big, Tell. And I think Sam Morrill's another one of those guys as well. Big J is almost David Tell light. Yeah. And to be clear, that's not, uh, there's a very fine line with that stuff between like influence and ripping someone off. Like Big J in the early days of his career probably was just ripping off a tell. Yeah. And then has found his footing to where he's clearly David Tell influenced to where even his voice sounds like him. His speech pattern sounds like he does the voice sometimes. And yeah, he does the punchline and that's just a subconscious thing with a lot of guys with some, some people are just deliberately ripping other people off, but there's a thing in the guys I just mentioned where you're like, Oh yeah, they definitely picked up that cadence somewhere along the line. And David tell is probably one of the most common. Um, I've said it before with a tell Mitch Hedberg. Uh, Cause Mitch Hedberg's got that way of talking Todd Barry, uh, Bill Burr. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of, honestly, Dane cook is probably one as well that at that time, when Dane Cook was popular, you heard a lot of people, you know, framing their stories in the same type of you know, kind of crazy off the wall so way Dane Cook was. Dane you know? Cook was literally the most ripped off comic, maybe ever. Everyone right. sounded like him because they saw how famous he got and they were like, that's going to be me too. And yeah. everyone Which I did guess it. means Louis C.K. was the most ripped off comic ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went over that prior episode, folks. Go back and listen. Um, all right. What's that? Well, yeah. But the other, the other thing I wanted to focus on there was just the elf come, which I think perfect, perfectly encapsulates what I was talking about before where you're like, that doesn't mean anything. There is no elf come that doesn't exist in the world, <laughs> but, but immediately it takes you zero seconds to be like, Oh fuck. That's a brilliant <laughs> reference. That's exactly what it is. Uh, this next one's called potheads. Okay. Yeah. He's talking about uh, uh, kind of the difference between drinking and alcohol, I guess. All the great writers were alcoholics. Am I right? Hemingway, that other guy. Where are the great pothead writers? I'm sure they're out there, but do you really want to read a whole book by a pothead? 500 pages on why if you put a hat and glasses on a dog, it looks like he could drive a truck. Nobody cares. (laughs) But I think pot should be legal. I do. And I think if your cousin is super hot, you should be able to fuck one time. (laughs) All right, I took it a little too far. Sorry. (laughs) It's almost like that almost felt like a political rally, which, by the way, wouldn't be that crazy now, 20 years later. (laughs) No, no, especially there. That's where it was legalized first. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Oh, that's the thing I was going to say is uh, you hear that a the segues that I mentioned before where he just brings up uh, fucking his cousin with zero. <laughs> okay. It doesn't even make sense, but in the, in a way it kind of does. Yeah. And he has segues like that throughout the entire album. We do have but, the best one on the album clipped. It is, it is in here. So don't worry. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> so we'll get to that. But uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, because that clip makes me think of it, is a lot of comics will talk about Dave Attell um, calling them and saying, like, you know, like a lot of comics run bits by each other and say, hey, has anyone made a joke about, you know, gun control with this sort of a premise? Um, Just to make sure they're not, you know, ripping other people off. Like I hear Mark Norman talk about that all the time. Uh, Jim Norton, Jim Jeffries, I guess, does that. Mm. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. The story I'm conflating is, um, <laughs> Jim Norton said that, uh, he reached out to Jim Jeffries once cause he thought he had a joke, uh, in very Jim Jeffries style. And, uh, he goes, yeah, I reached out to Jim Jeffries, a guy I've, I've known for 15 years. And I said, Hey, do you have a joke like this? And he replies, not me, <laughs> you know, like a guy I'm really good friends with <laughs> it's the only time we've communicated, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so a lot of comedians will do that. But I guess Attell is famous for like calling other comics and saying things 
like, uh, you know, do you have a joke about how uh, a dog driving a truck in sunglasses is kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, yeah, do you have a joke about fucking a clown at the bottom of the can Grand Canyon while it's raining glitter? <laughs> and everyone's like, no, of, of course not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I think Stanhope is another guy that does that a little bit where he's not quite as bizarre in his material as a tell, but there are a lot of premises where like, it's like, no, of course no one else has that. How did you think of it? Do you have a bit about killing your mother? <laughs> I, and that's, I guess the beauty of a tell and what makes him so unique is that he doesn't think of that as weird. I know <laughs> where you'll hear, Oh, you know what? Another name I thought of is influenced by a tell is uh Rory Scovel. Does that make sense to you at yeah, all? Yeah, definitely. But Big J yeah. was Big J was the the one for sure. Big J's the yeah, the example, I think. Um but the reason I thought of Rory Scovel is because I, I think Rory Scovel is very funny. But there's a lot of people that emulate Rory Scovel and are thus emulating David Tell, where it's become very popular now. Oh, and if you want to talk about people that have influenced the tell, I would say definitely dice based on what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's become very popular where you just say a crazy thing and just tag it with like, as you do, you know, like I was in line at the grocery store eating a bowl of cereal as you do, like just a thing you wouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the punchline in itself. Like, isn't that, aren't I wacky? Yeah. A tell is doing that. And what those people are doing is ripping off a tell, but a tell is doing it because He's just a mentally ill psychopath who, <laughs> <laughs> who lives his life in this weird way, you know? Yeah. Um, um, all right. Let's get to the next one. So this next one's called one liners. This first one is uh, maybe my favorite joke on. I think these are two of the two of the best jokes ever. Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, yeah. Like a guy, I mean, guy, the best one liner, like Mitch Hedberg and Stephen Wright and these guys must have been furious that they didn't think of this. Yes. So, but again, done in a way where it's like, how, why would you have thought of it this way? Exactly. So I travel a lot. I hate traveling, I guess, because my dad used to beat me with a globe. <laughs> Stay with me. Some things are the same wherever you go. Like if it feels like more than two fingers, it's probably a dick. <laughs> And that's another segue, by the way, like, how did you get there? <laughs> you know, like some things are the same wherever you go. <laughs> My dad used to beat but, me with a globe. <laughs> like, so, so brilliant. But like also who, what situation were you in in life where you thought of that? Like if my dad smashed me with a globe, maybe I'd be so traumatized that I wouldn't want to travel. Yeah, dude, th- I love this special so much. I remember exactly where I was when I listened to it for the first time. Like it had that much of a fucking impact on me. Tell us about it. It's not a Paint crazy picture. It's not a crazy story. I was driving up to I New think- Hampshire, but I like as I'm listening to it, when I get to certain jokes, I remember almost like what I was looking at when I heard yeah. it. I have a buddy, uh, my buddy Tim, uh, in his car, still had a CD player a few years ago because uh, the radio didn't work or something, or he couldn't hook his phone up or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had one of the CDs he had in his car was Skanks for the Memories. Me too. And he would just play that over and over again and like apparently wouldn't get sick of it. <laughs> I can't. I can't get sick of it. There's so many jokes you miss some. Like it's. Well, it's, let's it's, hear another one, huh? Yeah. This is called One Tooth. Uh, this, I think, is one of the funniest bits. This is more of a longer form story. We only have a little bit of it. Hey, can you, it's hard to even call things stories with a tell. Yeah, this one minute clip is his story. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little more to it, but I, I think this is just so funny. I'm sitting in the bus station, minding my own business, reading Tada <laughs> Magazine, a magazine by and for gay magicians. <laughs> but that's another story. Guy comes up to me, he's only got one tooth, just one, and he's not even taking good care of it. You figure when you're down to your last tooth, it's your baby in a bit. Not this fucker. He's like, hey man, can I help you? I'm like, help me do what? Remember to brush and floss regularly or give a prison blowjob? What? He's like, no, man, I thought you needed directions. Hey, you know, if I need directions, I'm not asking a man with one tooth. I'm asking a man with one leg. 
because he definitely knows the easiest way to get there. <laughs> yup, if there's a shortcut, that one-legged fucker knows where it is. You won't be hopping fences, neither. <laughs> so, I mean, A, like, the fact that he packs so many jokes in the special that he has setups in, I mean, uh, punchlines in his setups. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just a complete non segue. I was reading Tada magazine, a magazine for gay magicians. By and for gay magicians. Has nothing to do with the story he's telling. Just an added little joke for you. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Like you said, it's like they just those are peppered in throughout the whole special. Yeah. It's great. And then to lead up to this story that, again, like the picture is painted for you. Everyone's been to a bus station and can, can visualize what he's saying. Yeah. But who would have gotten there? As essentially just a setup for like life must be difficult for a guy with one leg, <laughs> so he knows how to get places. <laughs> That's all that was basically, right. and the the route that he takes is so fucking brilliant. Yep. Um, this next one is called friendship. Okay. You ever make fun of someone so much you think you should thank them for all the good times you've had? <laughs> a midget friend, an albino friend, and another friend who thinks Lord of the Rings is real. Together we call ourselves the Unfuckables. Now, <laughs> coming this fall to Fox, the Unfuckables. <laughs> he has that, I feel like this has kind of been flushed out of comics a little bit, but in the early 2000s it was still pretty prevalent. Um, but he has a little bit of that Rickles where he'll throwing a punch on anyway you know like kind of that <laughs> if, if like, you ever uh, watch joe DeRosa or listen to him he does it on his stand-up and in podcast he'll say something and just go folks <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh now <laughs> he's just moving it's almost like a uh you know a comma in the sentence basically. right exactly um uh so ah fuck i had a good thought here let me hear the beginning of that clip again <laughs> oh shit give me one second I already got rid of it. What do you mean? That, that works like that? <laughs> well, I play it and then uh, I X out so I don't... I have it right here, though, but I right. X well, out so I don't get confused. I killed go. enough time that I remembered what I was saying. Okay. Um, so <laughs> so you, I thought of the perfect example of... You know, I was, you know how I was just talking about like comedians that are saying wacky things for the sake of being wacky? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't this a crazy scenario? I think I thought of the perfect example. I like Eric Andre's, uh, like, sketches a lot. Like, I watched his movie, and there's points where I laughed really hard at it. Mm -hmm. But I watched his stand-up special not really knowing who he was or anything about him. So maybe if I went back now and watched with the knowledge of who he was, I would think a little differently about it. But he, like, opens his special and says shit like, uh, you know when you're doing cocaine with your grandma... And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Because no, we don't know that. Where Attell's stuff is grounded in, like, he's not so crazy. Where That premise there where he talks about, you know how you have a, a friends that you feel like you should thank because you make fun of them so much? Great line. That's something literally everyone can relate. Like, that's a human, like, he's being a human being there. You right. know what I mean? Right. That's something we can all relate to. Because basically every one of my friendships is based on shitting with shitting on someone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we had a yeah. we had a common enemy that brought us together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this next one is it's a short one, but it's called cuddling. Oh, okay. Let's hear how Dave tackles this topic. Don't get me wrong; I like to cuddle, but there's such a fine line between cuddling and holding someone down so they can't get away. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Oh, by the way, the thing I should throw in there to reference his segues again. He says, now, don't get me wrong. I like to cuddle. I, I didn't cut anything out of that. He's not talking about cuddling at all. <laughs> Just a complete. Now, don't get me wrong. After saying nothing remotely close to that. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the best. I, I fucking love it. I wish he had more specials because he, he did that. Um, that road work special. Did you see that? Yeah, where he's in a few different locations, including, yeah. by the way, uh, the Hukilau near where I grew up that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and then I saw him like three years after that, and he was still kind of doing that material, which I didn't like. Yeah, you know what? Um, I saw him at the Wilbur, and he was doing material that I had seen before, which is weird because you always hear about how prolific Attell is. 
Right. And I've heard people talk about literally, so maybe it's stuff he uses like in his special or at the Wilbur where that's like kind of a big event, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like when he's at the comedy cellar, I've heard people say like within a week, he'll do, you know, two entirely separate hours of material, you know? Right. Yeah. So he's a prolific guy. So the, yeah, that is weird to see him do something that is like publicly out there, but he's very old school in the sense of like, um, if you listen to, we might be drunk, a podcast we've referenced before with Sam Marill and Mark Norman, a tell winds up coming up, coming up on that podcast a lot. Cause like I said, uh, Sam Marill was clearly influenced by him and Norman was as well. But there's stuff where like Attell really does define comics comic. Like it ends up being used so much that you it cringe almost saying it because it comes becomes such a corny phrase. Mm-hmm. But he does define that in the sense of like I don't think Attell likes any of the bullshit, which I'm surprised. That's why I'm surprised he did bumping mics because it doesn't seem like something he would do. Right. I would think of him as just someone that wants to do straight stand up, and even Insomniac feels almost out of his realm in the sense that it was a comedy central show, but he made that his world where it's just like going around, let's say Las Vegas and talking to degenerates, you know? Yeah. That, that show, like you said, because it's comedy central. No, but if you watch that show, that is so Dave Attell, like everything yeah, about it's not it. really like anything they had at that time. It's weird to think about comedy central 20 years ago when they had, uh, Attell, Chappelle, like they had all the biggest names in comedy mm-hmm. and you look at them now and they just show like reruns of The Office. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That in South Park. Uh, all right. What's next? After Sex. Oh, okay. Yeah, so again, uh, tackling a topic a lot of comedians do, but I don't think in a way you've really heard before. Sex is not that important. You know, it's really important that afterwards part. When you're both naked and it's warm and you're watching the sun come up through the windshield and you look in her eyes, you look in her good eye and you help strap on her leg and you know you fucked a pirate. I guess what I'm trying to say is I miss my dad. I really miss my dad. when you're young you think your dad's Superman and then you grow up and you realize he's just a drunk who wears a cape well there you go <laughs> again like there's some of that that's so subtly brilliant like he's just a drunk who wears a cape but you wouldn't think of that ever really and then there's aspects of it that are so off the wall to, like I do wonder I, like I'd love to see a lineup of the women David Tell fucked especially while he was drinking oh god to get to that type of analogy Oh God! Well, he talks. He talks about uh, that kind of stuff, midgets and clowns, almost exclusively. A lot of midget stuff, like to the point where you almost feel bad that uh, Norm McDonald, like a, a, a hack Norm McDonald uh, impression, was bringing up like midgets or prostitutes, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, that's David Tell's ground more than Norm's, <laughs> I think. Oh, definitely. He has he ha- I, he has a midget joke that I will not repeat for getting canceled reasons, but it might have been the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, we can't say it. I don't think so. That should pretty much give away the punchline. Does I it guess. have to do with the floor? Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> 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 I was surprised that wasn't on this special on this uh, album. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next one's called Parrots. Yeah. So this is a, again, like no one has bits about parrots, but you're like, oh, that is a, an amazing idea. Actually, I wish I could use that. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry, I thought I had a parrot on my shoulder. You ever get that? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I wish I had a parrot. I really do. And I wouldn't teach them dirty words or songs, no. I would teach them uh, phone numbers and addresses and recipes. I, I'd use them more like a palm pilot, you know? <laughs> or I'd teach them things that might save my life, you know, like information, like, in case of an earthquake, get in the doorway. <laughs> No one has freckles on their ass. Use a condom. <laughs> Thank you, Parrot. Here's a grape. 
was a grape. <laughs> I just like, I think if you if you looked at his like a uh, uh, track list, like the titles of his tracks, I think you know throw it to me on Twitter or whatever if you guys have a uh, a better example. But I think Atel's track list might be the broadest range of topics. Like, you know, it just says what the joke is about, basically. You know, parrots, pirates, midgets. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if there's anyone that uh, runs the gambit the way David Tell does. Yeah, he loves, he just loves the circus. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the fact that he had the nuts to even say, like, yeah, do, like, a hack parrot impression saying to get in the doorway and just know right. it's going to get laughs, I'd be like, I'd be petrified to say that out loud. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's the type of shit you do have to try, like that prevents people like me from ever doing comedy where it's like, Oh, well I know that would e- even just trying to get to something funny there would suck. Mm-hmm. So I, I would much rather never try it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what's, uh, what's next? Uh, this is maybe the best response to a heckler, a nice heckler, but, uh, it's called bombing. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, again, where you hear, uh, a tell think he's bombing when like Craig said, he's getting some of the biggest laughs ever, but his uh, self-confidence really shines through here. I'm not bombing. Thank you, man. And what's your name? Kid show business. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's, it's obvious by the guys that I'm a fan of, uh, Attell, Colin Quinn, Norton, Nick DiPaolo, that type of guy. The bitterness they feel towards the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think Colin Quinn's probably the best example because I think his comedy, like, he had a special come out on CNN. You know, you can't defi- say he wouldn't fit into the mainstream necessarily. But he's also so brilliant that it's amazing to me that guys like that aren't more popular. <laughs> But their edge, like if Attell didn't have that edge and that resentment for the business and, you know, resentment for not being maybe further along in his career or whatever it is, then I don't know that I'd be a fan of him without that, you know? Yeah, but just the fact that he he just on a dime called the guy kid show business is maybe the, kid show business? <laughs> is maybe the funniest thing in the world. But it's even like in that clip, there was nothing. Attell didn't say anything about bombing. It was just his energy gave off a vibe that made that kid feel compassionate. Like, like, Hey, you're not bombing, man. We love you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could skip to any point just randomly. If you had just a one hour long track of this album, skip to any point and you're just going to hear the loudest laughs you've ever heard the whole time. Uh, what's next? Um, uh, priests. Okay. Yeah. So this was a very popular topic at the time. Because this is pretty much when the whole Catholic Church scandal, 2003, when the Catholic Church scandal was happening. Um, So a lot of comics probably had jokes about this topic at the time. Let's see how Dave tackles it. Oh, speaking of the priesthood, let's talk about that for a bit. That, by the way, is one of those. Again, not speaking of it. (laughs) That was a segue probably from uh, um, his midget drowning, his midget friend drowning in like a sink. Yes. (laughs) And he said, speaking of priesthood. Oh, speaking of the priesthood, let's talk about that for a bit. What? There is a problem in the priesthood. You know what I'm talking about. These little kids will not keep their mouths shut. And I think it's wrong. Come on, Denver. Pick a side. You want to know the saddest part? These kids don't want to go to church to begin with. It's boring. It's not like when you're molested at camp. Now there's excitement. Yeah? You're outdoors and you learn shit. Like, hey, I was molested, but now I know how to canoe. All right. I, you know, what's funny about that, too, is I was talking about this recently. Uh, I think I reviewed Andrew Schultz's special. And uh, Schultz, Dave Chappelle, and Ian Edwards all have a joke in some of their most recent stuff about the Michael Jackson documentary. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only thing I can think of is that documentary did come out like at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. So I guess they just weren't able to burn that material at the time. So they had to wait, you know, a a year and a half or whatever it was. But I I thought to myself, it's weird that three comics and they're different enough that you don't, it's not like they're necessarily ripping each other off or stealing, but you are like, boy, 
no one called Andrew Schultz and said Dave Chappelle has a joke about this or called Ian Edwards and said Andrew Schultz has a joke about this, you know? Andrew Schultz is like obsessed with Dave Chappelle. Um, well, I like Andrew, and you can definitely see influence there, talking about influence. Yeah, no, but, but he, he's like stalking him for when he's going to release his specials and then releases one like right after or right before every time. That's weird to do when you have similar subject matter. But anyway, my point is, um, so like I was like, ah, they all came to the same conclusion. But I didn't dawn on me that David Tell had a joke essentially about that premise 20 years earlier. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Where that's the same thing where the, the idea is like, yeah, was it so bad? <laughs> you know, <laughs> which again, maybe you've heard a lot since then, but in 2003, that's a pretty dangerous uh, topic to, to step into. Oh yeah. That's coming right off the heels too of like um, Republicans trying to ban rap music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 2003 is when people were still saying that's a lie. Like that wasn't happening in the Catholic church. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So what do we got left? Um, we're coming down to the end here. I yeah, think we got three more. Right. Um, this is a great one. This one's <laughs> racism. <laughs> all right. Again, another topic a lot of people have covered, but let's see how Dave gets into it. I know you're thinking, oh, Dave, Amish, Woo, who's next on your hit list? The Eskimos? Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the Eskimos, or as I call them, the snow Mexicans. Let me tell you something. <laughs> These nose robbers have had their way too long. <laughs> this one from comedy showed a clan meeting real quick, didn't it? <laughs> I was actually up in Alaska and uh, there was a clan meeting going on and I'll tell you, that is the most bitter clan in the country. You know why? Because there's only one black fellow in the whole state. You go to a clan meeting, it's like, we gotta get Eric. Now. <laughs> <laughs> That woke some people up, huh? Do you know what really wakes me up? A tongue in the ass. Right out of bed. There's no snooze alarm on that. You are up. You're up. You're in a karate stance. You're shaking. The day has begun. The best part about that is no matter what the audience did, he was going to say, oh, wow, that woke some people up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And there's little things like that. Very, very Rickle. Like that makes me think of Rickles anytime someone does that. That's probably uh, a perfect. Rickles would say things like, uh, ah, the, the Japanese guy enjoys it. And there's, you know, it's all white people to where he's pointing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's probably a perfect comparison to, or a perfect influence for Attell is Rickles. For sure. Rick, Rick, there's a lot of Rickles, a lot of dice. But again, like he's so unlike anyone that it's even hard to compare him to those guys a little bit. And but uh, by the way, the midget joke we were referencing I was just earlier. Gonna say, I think the snow Mexican is just a G-rated version of yes, that. <laughs> yes, it is. I was, I was literally just gonna say that after you finished talking, but yeah, I was maybe like, he toned it down for the album or something. <laughs> it's the same uh, equation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the same formula. He ended up, uh, he ended up getting there. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. That, uh, that's the interesting thing about comedy to where like, I, I wonder, I haven't seen the tells like recent stuff, obviously. Cause like you said, he doesn't put out a ton of material. So I'd be curious like what he's like. Cause I think the reason a lot of comedians get stale as they get older is because they found a formula now. And they're just going by that formula. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they know talking about this subject in this way, will get this response. So then as opposed to just trying different shit, uh, now you have like an equation that gets you there. So you get there easier, but that means you're thinking in a less unique way. Cause you're not thinking as, as deep as how to crack the code. Yeah. So I wonder if that, how true that is for a guy like a, a tell, because there's obviously a formula to what he does but it's something that no one else could think of. So would he ever get stale, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, All right. What do we got? Pajamas is our second to last clip. Pajamas. I'm trying to think of this one. I can't remember it. So refresh my memory, Dave. Women like their men in pajamas. You know why, fellas? Because you can never win a fight when you're wearing pajamas. Because you'll be yelling and screaming and then your dick pops out of that little hole. And he always just pops out a little bit, like he knows there's trouble in the room. <laughs> Why are mommy and daddy fighting? Is it about other mommy who loves anal sex? Why? 
So that that's what I'm talking about with the tell where he's like an absurdist comedian, obviously, but there is some grounding in reality. Like I can literally relate to that. I've gotten in uh, a fight with my girlfriend like at night where I realized as I was yelling that I was wearing uh, headband headphones that I have <laughs> so I can listen to things as I sleep at night. Yeah. And as I was trying to be taken seriously, I slipped them off <laughs> to look le- less ridiculous. <laughs> and try to not be seen doing it. <laughs> yeah. So like, he's obviously absurdist, but there there's a relatability to it. Whereas opposed to like, I was talking about with a lot of comedians. Now TJ Miller is a great example. I know I referenced Eric Andre earlier. TJ Miller is another great example of that, where I like TJ Miller from Silicon Valley and other things. I've seen him like acting. Mm-hmm. And I think his character on Silicon Valley is amazing. Uh, so I checked out his HBO special because uh, I'd never seen his stand up before. And like, it wasn't really doing it for me. And then he gets to a joke where he says like, oh, I want to tell you about my friend. And he kind of presents the I forget exactly what the premise of the joke is, but he presents um, like, yeah, uh, what seems like it's going to be kind of a dramatic topic. And then he says, yeah, my friend's name is Gleep Glarp the Gobbler Snarf. And that's when I turned it off because <laughs> I was like, oh, you're just trying to be zany. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to be ridiculous, whereas you don't get that. Vi- I tell, obviously, when he's crafting his jokes on some level is, is trying to be ridiculous, but it doesn't seep through the way it does with a lot of other people. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of TJ Miller's work with the Amtrak trains. Uh, of course, I think you're, you you like where he puts beer bottles as well, from what I've heard. <laughs> that's, that's what I've also heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we at the closer already. Yeah. And I think right. uh, uh, for the, the end of this clip to make sense, we have to talk about uh, how he does a bit where he talks about having a voice in his head who's oh, like, yes. you should have hung out, man. And yeah. uh, like talking about like if friends ask him to go out and he says no. And he says he hears this voice. And then he was talking about uh, anal beads also at one point, I think. All right. it was like, so it all ties together nicely in this, uh, yeah. in this clip. And, but he was, but, he was like, um, uh, he has a voice in his head that's saying, Dave, what if you're gay? Maybe you are gay. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not a voice in my head. How do you know you wouldn't like it? Listen, other scarier voice in my head. I know I'm not. <laughs> right. So, all right, before we play that, um, let me just say first, I, this is probably a shorter episode and that's kind of what I figured with like an album review like this. Mm-hmm. So let me know if you guys like it. Cause I, the next one I thought of doing, um, unless we want to do one before then, cause I would save it for, uh, the Patrice anniversary in November mm-hmm. where I figure every year we'll do a Patrice episode, Yeah, but, uh, I was going to do elephant in the room this Perfect. year. Perfect. Um, so I thought that would be a good one to do. But if you guys have a suggestions or B just like the episode and like the way we're kind of reviewing it and going through it, then uh, let me know. And I'd be happy to do more. But if you think it's too much of a departure, like if you prefer the kind of you know biography style, whatever it is that we do, um, you know, we'll stick to the, uh, those a lot anyways, but uh, just let me know what you guys prefer. And let me do, remind you to go to uh, blindmike.net where you can subscribe to the Patreon. You can find merch like the tank top I'm wearing right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also find the YouTube there, Apple, Spotify, all those links at uh, blindmike.net. And uh, if you want to support the Craigster, you can go to the very good show.org. Please do. And uh, find all his stuff as well. Uh, all right. Now let's hear the closer to skanks for the memories by David Till. Well, I gotta be going. This is fun. Well, where were you the last hour? (laughs) I was sitting in my apartment playing my favorite apartment game, Find the Smell. Have you ever played that game? (laughs) Luckily, it was me. I hate when you go over to someone's house and they've got that Glade air freshener smell. Who are you fooling? I know you did something smelly. And it happened right before I got there. What, did the doorbell ring and you shit your pants? What happened? Do you have a scary doorbell? 
Or if you go into like a public restroom and they have that lemony pine salt smell in there. Ooh, is there a lemonade stand in here somewhere? I didn't know you can make lemonade with corn niblets. What's going on down there? It always smells like lemons and assholes. Now, I know that sounds like the title of the next Harry Potter book, but it's not. Because two smells together just reek. Even your most favorite smells, like cotton candy, I love it, and scotch whiskey. Yum a dum dum. But cotton candy and scotch, that's a weird funk. It's like, oh man, did someone just fuck a clown in here? I mean, really? Was there some clown fucking in here tonight? You should have hung out, man. Thank you very much, Denver. Always a weird one to close. I mean, I get there's a call. Oh, you know what? That's funny. That's a callback to, like Craig said, something he said earlier. And it's dawning on me now that in Sam Morell's, uh, I think it's his first special. I got this. I could be wrong about which special it is. But um, he closes on a callback where I'm like, I oh, had so much better stuff. That's a little weird. And now I wrote, I mentioned he was clearly influenced by David, David Tell. Mm. And it's funny to that extent where I noticed that similarity between the two uh, specials or albums, whatever, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I give this, um, this is an A plus. It's maybe my favorite hour. Oh yeah. I mean, you got to at least at the very least, give it an A. Let me know what you guys think, but uh, Oh, you know what? Someone suggested um, someone DM'd me a few weeks ago and suggested this. I just haven't thought of the best way to do it, mm-hmm. but I think it is a pretty good idea. He suggested we have like, and maybe we just throw it in at the end of the episode and people can vote on Twitter or something, but like, you know, put comedians against each other. So I don't know if it would be, it'd be tough to do episode by episode because it'd be weird to be like, who's funnier, David Tell or Robert Schimmel, (laughs) where, you know, it's not really much of a vote. I don't think, even though I love Schimmel. But there, I think there is a way we could do it, whether it's albums or comics or something. So we'll have to figure out a way to do that because I think it's a pretty good idea, no? Well, yeah, you should put four four topics and be like, you guys decide the next episode. That's a good idea, too. It could decide the next episode. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. The problem is we record a bunch of once. Well, we'll figure it out. No <laughs> need to, you know, send your ideas, folks. We appreciate uh, all the contribution, as always. So like I said, blindmike.net is where you can uh, submit all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know anything about else about a tell before we get out of here. Support the man, damn it! Support yeah, go him. See, go see live comedy. The next time you see David Tell, like, uh, like I said about Ron White, God only knows the tell's not that old, but he smokes like a goddamn chimney. Mm-hmm. So who knows how much longer we'll have him? So, uh, <laughs> next time it tells around, make sure you go see him because that's a, um, that's a bucket list type of guy. You got to see a David Tell if you're a comedy fan. Definitely. Uh, um. Yeah, it's weird with guys like a tell too, and maybe where like this is every comic you're gonna end up thinking of this, but there's an element of silly Carlin with a tell. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think you'd think of that because Carlin got so serious towards the end where he was like a philosopher. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but like the silly Carlin where he's like cheese tit, tater tit, all that type of shit. I would imagine a tell was very heavily influenced by that stuff. You know? Oh yeah, it had to be, it had to be, hands down. Um, so yeah, like I said, let us know all the things we mentioned, let us know how you feel about them. And, uh, we will talk to you guys next week on another episode of why are you laughing?